Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here at the Block Church. And I want to welcome all of our physical locations in our online community. Thanks for being with us today. And let me tell you, you are in for something special. I'm about to do an interview with my friend, Pastor Nate Petrosky, and we're going to talk about how to support someone in your life who has some mental illness or some mental health challenges. We're going to cover topics like suicide today or even depression and how to support those individuals or even get the support you need. Uh, it's going to be heavy, but it's going to equip you, encourage you, and I believe bless you. And so without further ado, Hello and welcome, Pastor Nate Petrosky. Honored you're here. I'm honored to be here. And uh, we've been friends for a long time. We have been friends way, way back. Florida days. Florida days. Florida days, yeah, where uh, <clears throat> back back in the day, you used more hair product uh, than I did, but now we've, we've changed. Everybody loves to take shots at my fleeting hair situation, but I generously blessed you with hair. You, you, you didn't have any hair when I... I didn't have much. Exactly. I didn't have much, and now I have this. I give, I give, I give, I give. But you also, you have the beard. That's right. It's you, a true sign of greater manhood. It is. There's a wisdom. What was Wisdom that? in that. Well, you were like a, a middle school teacher. I was teaching sixth grade math, and you were playing piano <laughs> and leading worship, and I remember watching you get promoted mm. to playing the guitar. Oh, Yeah. The people loved it. They still want it. But, you know, I've got other responsibilities. I think you should look to bring it back, though. I think it would definitely impact the community. Yeah. Well, we'll have to take that up with some other people. Yeah. Well, so. you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you got a family, right? I do. I do. I have a wife and um, our son is 11 and our daughter is seven years old. Oh, that's great. That's great. Do you like so. one better than the other? I've got two kids now, a boy and a girl. and I've No, I, I love them both. Okay. One drives me a little bit more crazy than the other, mm -hmm. but I love them both. That's a good answer. So, They'll yeah. probably watch this. <laughs> they, they will. That's great. So you're, you, where, you pastor. Where, where do you do that? Yes, I am pastor at a church called Grace Community Church, and that's in Northwest Ohio. Where is Northwest Ohio? It's, it's nowhere. It's, it's nowhere? Yeah, it's nowhere, Ohio. It is clear the other side. <laughs> is there like a town you're in? There is, yeah. There's a small city called Bryan. Small city? Bryan, Ohio, yeah. Wow. How, do you get there by like, you know, plane or? <clears throat> yeah, you can. Um, you know, a uh, camel caravan will get you there, but it's going to take you a few weeks. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're in a small town and then you are actually involved uh, with some some programs and some organizations. Tell us about that. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, one of the, the biggest ones I'm involved with is called the Lost Team. It's Local Outreach to Suicide Survivors. And so uh, these teams exist all over the nation. Um, in our area, we service the four-county area where we're at, so four of the counties in, in the corner of Northwest Ohio. And the purpose of this team is to reach out to families who's who've, who they've lost a loved one to suicide. Mm. Um, and so we're contacted by sheriff's department, coroners, police uh, department, and we're really like first responders. So we're out there That's on the great. scene within an hour, hour and a half of the call coming in. And then you're also part of something else, correct? Yes. And then I also uh, am part of an advocate for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And through that, there's certain events they were a part of one of the big events that they do uh, in the, and they do it different times of the year, but in our area, it's coming up in the fall. In September is the Out of Darkness Walk. Okay. And the Out of Darkness Walk is an opportunity for people who've lost loved ones, 
just want to support okay. uh, the cause, support those who, who are struggling with uh, with uh, suicide loss and that kind of thing. And they just come together and you get to wear pins with the person's name on it and, and get out in the community yeah. and walk around and let people see and get awareness. That's really important. And I, I know that in Philadelphia, there is actually an event for a walk on yes. October 2nd, I believe meeting at the Art Museum. And I think that's important because we've actually dealt with some suicide in our community and those left behind picking up some of those pieces. And uh, that's a great place to remember, wear the badge and, and kind of support one another. Yep. So great, great organization to be a part of. And we'll come back to that. Yep. I have to ask, uh, Nate Petrosky, is that Polish? <clears throat> it is. It is. It is. Even though I don't look uh, yeah, I'm like the, the name doesn't doesn't match. I was thinking, <laughs> thinking that. So Polish? <clears throat> Polish, but uh, 75% Puerto Rican. Oh. So I'm a Puerto Rican. <laughs> So I'm I'm a I'm a Puerto Rican that likes the cold. So you can you say that again? You're a what? Puerto Rican. Polar. Does yes. that mean that you make kielbasa empanadas? No, um, though I like them both separate. So now now I'm, I'm when I go back home, I think we might have to work on a recipe. Uh, in Port Richmond, our original location, uh, it, it was traditionally a Polish neighborhood, which is just it's so funny. So anyway, <laughs> fitting right into there. We go. Perfect. All right. So so let's really dive into the conversation. Uh, you uh, got involved with these organizations. Obviously, you're in ministry. You have been uh, care deeply. You were you were a, a teacher, uh, now a senior pastor, lead pastor. What drove you to be a part of these organizations, particularly around suicide? <clears throat> yeah, what drove me to it was honestly for my own help. <laughs> um, so I lost my brother uh, a little over five and a half years ago to suicide, and I spent a year and a half, almost two years really kind of isolated in my grief. Mm. Um, it impacted my relationship with my wife, my relationship mm. with my kids. I come home from work late at night, grab a plate of food, go down to the, to the, you know, to the basement, to the lower level, turn on the TV, eat, and literally fall asleep, get up, go to work. And that was like rinse and repeat every day. Mm. Um, and when I moved to Ohio, I uh, ended up coming in contact with somebody that was a part of one of these groups mm -hmm. uh, that was reaching out to pastors to share with them, yeah. hey, we have these support groups, we have this help, these opportunities. And, um, and that's really what impacted. So I went to, there's a, it's called an international, um, uh, international survivors of suicide day. Hmm. And it's a way to honor hmm. people that have lost loved ones and it happens in November. And so I went out to that hmm. and it was awkward. I walked in and I didn't know what to think, what to do. I hadn't really shared what I had been through. And I sat at a table with a couple ladies and we just started talking. And at one point I looked around the room and I realized everyone in that room either had lost somebody or were supporting somebody. Was your wife encouraging you to get involved in something like that? <clears throat> yeah, my wife actually has her master's in counseling. So she's been, she was on top of me a lot, but she also, you know, she also understood that it's, a, it's something that I had to step into. She couldn't, she could only push me so far. I had to make a decision. But I do think that's great because your wife, knowing you were in a real emotional pit. Yeah was like, hey, this is something you gotta do. Yeah. It reminds me, uh, there's a verse in Galatians, you said it's kind of foundation verse for your church, yeah. that I think is one of the most Christian verses, yeah. you know, where we support each other. Yeah. And I think we can't forget that one of the, the most Christian, the most Christ-like things we can do is be community together and support one another. And certainly we are not affirming and supporting sin patterns. Yep. Yep. Uh, but we are supporting someone to overcome that sin or in the case in which we're discussing 
someone's going through a heavy season, I'm coming alongside of you. I'm supporting yeah. you until you are out of this place of despair. Can we read Galatians? <clears throat> yeah, so in Galatians 6, uh, verse 1 to 3, says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Love that. And that R word there is, is just amazing, that, R, that word restoration. Yeah. Uh, it continues, it says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And here it is, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Mm. Yeah, that bear one another's burdens, uh, that, that has just stuck with me for a long, long time. Yeah. <clears throat> when I did youth ministry and worked with teenagers struggling in these areas, one of the, one of the slogans we had in, in our youth group for a while was, no one cries alone. Mm. Uh, and that was, the discussion was everyone cries in different ways. Mm. Some might be they cry through, through substance abuse. Mm. Some cry through abuse. Some mm. cry through anger. Some cry through actual tears. Uh, and that was part of our, our youth group's model was that no one cries alone. That when you're part of our group, mm. we're not going to let anybody uh, be alone in these things. And so That's bearing... Such good language. Yeah. So bearing one another's burdens is that, is being there for people when they're struggling. One of the strategies of our church, so our tagline is to revive every block. Yeah. You know, in 10, 15, 30 years from now, we'll have locations all throughout the city and region. And our focus, no matter how big and large our church becomes, is to have neighborhood-oriented, yep. community-centered locations with location pastors that in a lot of ways are fostering and facilitating yep. that idea. We're supporting you. Come on, nobody cries alone. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard to find or recognize those who are crying because they are crying alone, if you will. And obviously, like you said, crying could be in a lot of different forms. Um, did you have an experience like that where you were kind of crying alone and, and God got a hold of you? <clears throat> yeah, so the, the, and part of the reason why I think is added to the struggle I've had with losing my brother is when I was uh, in my mid to late teens, I struggled with suicide myself. Suicidal thoughts? Um, suicidal thoughts attempts. And, and attempts. Twice, <laughs> twice I, I attempted. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still, it still, you know, kind of gets me today just to think about where, where I was and what I was mm. struggling with. Um, and so going through that, um, I kept it from everybody. I mean, I was, I was the, the youth group kid. You know, I was there at every event. I was there at everything. Did the youth rallies, youth conventions, all that stuff. Um, and everybody was like, oh, Nate, you're going to be a pastor. Hey, you got a heart for God. And all these things. And I just, I wore a mask so good, mm. so well mm. um, that nobody knew. And when, any, when anybody brought it up, I just hit it. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I got to college and um, I was running from God, but I made the mistake of going to a Christian college. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where my plan was going. God clearly had his hand on me. And, and so something triggered me and I, I locked myself in a room and I was planning on taking my life there. In your dorm? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And we had like a lobby at area. College. At a Christian college. That was my plan. Hmm. Um, and I was just, I was raging. I mean, I was just so angry at God. Uh, it's because somebody said something that triggered you or it was just a no? <clears throat> it was actually, a, it, it started with a sermon. And so we were at a sermon for freshman orientation that was about God has a plan for you. Uh, it was, it was, the tagline was, um, God's calling, answer the phone. And I remember just sitting there and being like. That must've been way back in the night. Oh yeah. When, when phones, yeah. When you picked them up and they had cords <laughs> and, uh, and I was angry. You're that old. Yeah. <laughs> I was angry. I was mad. Yeah. I was mad. I was like, why am I here? I can't, I can't four years of having to listen to this nonsense. Mm. 
And so I got back to my room and somebody had played a small prank on me or whatever, nothing big, but it just set me off. And so I locked myself in this room and I was, I was ready. I was done. And uh, I looked over in the corner and there was a Bible sitting there. Mm. And uh, when, uh, when I was about 14 years old, 13 years old, we had a youth pastor had an affair. It was a big blow up in our church. I mean, it devastated our, our, our church, our youth group. Where was this? I was in East Brunswick. Okay. I was in East Brunswick, New Jersey. You're a Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, good apologize. <laughs> and a Yankees fan. I'm that I want to apologize for. Yeah, everybody's a Yankees fan <laughs> every couple years. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, when we got the money for it, we'll, yeah. we'll <laughs> buy yourself a championship. Anyway, right. can you get back to the story? <laughs> yes, we can. And so uh, we had a pastor had come in to just kind of like counsel and help the youth group. And uh, he had told me, he, he, he saw me and said, you know, hey, Nate, you should, you should read Jeremiah. And I blew it off. I was... I, it was church stuff. It was Bible stuff. I don't want anything to do with it. And I was in that room and I looked over and saw that Bible and I heard this pastor's voice say, you should read Jeremiah. So I sat down and I opened up the Bible, started in chapter one, hmm. page after page after page. Hmm. Uh, got to Jeremiah 29, verse one, two, three, and I stopped at 11. <clears throat> Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, not to destroy you, but to give you hope in a future. Hmm. And I got so mad. Mm-hmm. I got so mad at God. I said, I said, that's all you've done is try to destroy me. My, you know, I lost my grandfather a few years before that. And it was really, really tough for me and my family. The stuff was going on in our church. Your thought process was God exists to make your life miserable. Pretty much. I believed in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But I added, there was an asterisk in my Bible, except me. That's what I believed. Yeah. I believe that God loved the world, and because he loved the world so much, he needed to hate somebody. Before we go on in the, in the story, I do wonder um, for those who, and I, I have had bouts with anxiety. Um, it, it certainly had a season there where I was really overwhelmed, uh, and I, I came out of that, and God did a good work. I, I don't remember ever dealing with depression. Those are different things. Yeah. Um, do, 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 is it possible that, that folks dealing with maybe heavy anxiety or, or deep depression might think that God blesses and God loves everyone else, but because they have a struggle that they're disqualified from that? Yeah, that, and that's what I thought. I mean, I truly believe that I was, <clears throat> I was the, 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 God's hatred mm. was directed towards me. Mm. He loved everybody else except me. Hmm. Um, and so I read that verse and I, I threw the Bible across the room. I mean, I was, I was fit to be taught. I was angry. Aren't you glad that even when we are upset at God or angry, God doesn't stop loving us? His faithfulness is, is beyond anything I can, I can understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm in that room and just, you know, really just live it angry at God. And, you know, you... You would hope it would be like the ideal like movie moment where like Jesus would appear and the light would shine and you'd hear birds chirping and he would that just- happen for you? No, there was no like turn and look at each other with a thumbs up kind of, there was none of that. <laughs> um, the, what, what I heard, I mean, it was, it was as audible as could be was how dare you? That was the response I got. Mm. How dare you believe this about me? Hmm. You don't know me. Hmm. And in that moment, the only thing I could respond with was I'm sorry. Hmm. Like you repented. Yeah, that's all I could do was repent. I said, I'm sorry, God. 
And in that moment, when, I, when those words came out of my mouth, it felt like there was a metal plate in my chest and it felt like somebody was ripping it out. And when that thing came out, when, when that was gone, like I felt this overwhelming peace that I'd never experienced before. Mm. And I just remember being like, after that moment, I just remember being like, God, show me who you really are. Mm. Which brings me to 1 John 4, 7. This is one of your favorite passages because yeah. it illuminates who God is. Yeah. You want to read that? Yeah, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. There you go. And that was me. Hmm. I, didn't, I, I didn't know that God was love for me. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And, it, and it changed everything that day. I started, the biggest thing was I started really getting into the word. Hmm. Like I really wanted to know who God was, not because somebody was preaching it, not because somebody told me in, in, in Bible class, because I wanted to know who he really was. You needed to start washing your mind. Yeah. So we're in this series called Brainwash. Yep. And the whole concept is from Romans 12. In order for your heart to be transformed, you got to renew your mind yes. in, in a sense. And yep. it's for some, it's a daily thing. We wash everything. We wash our clothes. We wash our dogs. Uh, we wash- <laughs> Not daily. Our car, yeah. Occasionally we wash our cars. Yep. But, but are we washing our mind? Are we renewing our mind? Because- that works in tandem with the transformation of our heart. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I, and it's, in, and it, it's intentional. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't accidentally fall into this and, and, and fall into where I've, I've grown in Christ. Like, I've had to put work into it. Yeah. You know. So, okay, you go from there and um, God begins to do a work. And that was how you were crying out. Yeah. Um, can we give some data around suicide for a moment that you've learned in those organizations? Because you were one of these people that were probably going to be a statistic had God not intervened. And especially as a man, yep. men are, what I'm seeing, are less likely to communicate. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's just part of our culture. Yeah. Um, you know, all these struggles we don't talk about, yeah. especially when it comes to men. But, you know, suicide now is the 12th leading cause of death in this nation. I mean, that's, that's big. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2020, there was, you know, four, about 45,000 uh, deaths by suicide. And so, you know, and that's a lot, but then it's even crazier when you think that there was, you know, 1.2 million attempts. Jeez you know, in that year. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And, and, and men die by suicide almost four times more than women. Um, and, and are less likely to communicate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably for me, just because when you, when you narrow it down, because when you see those numbers and you think of how many people live in our nation, maybe it's not as staggering, but to think that there's on average 130 suicide deaths per day in this nation. It's heartbreaking. That, that's, yeah. I read something recently that, um, you know, there are over 200 million people with subscriptions to some sort of antidepressant or, you know, anti-anxiety medication. And when you consider that, that data, yeah. there's only 330, you know, plus million people in the United States. So, so many people are dealing with some sort of emotional interruption uh, that, is, that is causing some sort of pain to their mental health that we're going to some sort of medication. And, and so this is real, very real. Very real. Um, in regards to that, you know, I, I guess, is it possible for you to 
be experiencing your own mental health challenges and still support someone else? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, um, that that day in that in that uh, in that in that dorm, I got to see God release me from from that struggle with suicide. But um, I still battle depression. I still battle uh, the the self criticizing that analytical like just you know I rip myself to, to shreds. I tell people in, in my church that the longest and the longest walk of my life is the two seconds when I walk down the steps to my seat after preaching a sermon <laughs> where I literally, I, I run through the entire thing in my mind that I do good enough, that I do this, I should have said this, should have done that. Uh, and at times, like, it's it's a struggle, um, you know, to, to get through it. But one of the things that I found for me that's been tremendous is the more I've helped others, the more I've been a support to others, the more it's helped me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think you see that in programs like AA, yep. Celebrate Recovery, which yep. is a great program, which I hope to start one day, is that the more you're involved in consistently supporting someone else, be it addiction or something in that realm, you're going to be more likely to stay victorious. Yes. And if the things that we see in Scripture, that it is a almost, it feels like a mandate for us to be supporting other people, if we're not doing that, that might even make us more vulnerable and susceptible. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I've seen it in my life, you know, coming through these last couple of years where there's been a lot more isolation in our mm. in our communities and stuff. Because I, of COVID. Because of COVID, yeah. I've seen that for me because I wasn't able to go to the support group. I wasn't able to be part of some of these things. Yeah. And I began to struggle. And, and the, mm. the lady that runs uh, the lost team in our area said, Nate, you know, asked me if I needed a break. Mm. And I told her, I said, no, I need the opposite. Mm. I said, I need, to, I need to help more. That's good. Because the more I take a break, the more I focus on me. Yeah. The more I'm, I'm doing this when I'm, I'm supposed to be, yeah. you know, looking outward. I think people underestimate how important it is to even serve on a, on a team in your local church. Yeah. It's a practice of getting outside my own self and providing a service uh, a spiritual service yeah. for somebody else that drives me to be motivated to be accountable to serve yeah. other people and then to go do things even beyond that. We have Surf Saturdays and we have other organizations we're involved in. But this thing, that can be life-saving to your own self when you support oh, that. definitely. And maybe even help you see signs. If you got somebody in your life and you're in support in one of these groups, you, you might be able to notice some signs that someone's really struggling. Yeah, I mean, the, the more you're around it, the more you're you're a part of the, those conversations, engagements. The more you see things. But I don't want to. I don't want to tell people that hey, if you get involved with this stuff, you know, you're gonna always know. Yeah. Um, the That's truth is that possible. yeah, and and because again, we've kept things so so dark and so quiet. Yeah. Um, you know. The truth is, is it's sometimes it's hard to know. And you may go back and say, oh, they did this, they did this, they said that. Um, and with that just carries a lot of a guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, if somebody is going in that direction in their lives, um, it, it's, it's hard, it's, it is hard to stop them at times. It's hard, it's hard to, to have that impact because we're so used to not saying anything. Hmm. So uh, before we kind of move into a, a, to a practical place here to really give people some steps to support others. Uh, help me understand uh, why this is such a crisis recently. You, you talked about during the lockdowns and COVID. At first, we were discussing this. People were doing better because there was an energy online. Yeah. One, one of the things that we saw, and, and part of the teams I'm on, there's a lot of people from the mental health community are part of these. And one of the things they saw is that there was a lot of activity getting on Zoom, getting on FaceTime, you know, all these 
uh, all these counseling agencies, you know, switching everything to online. And so there was a lot of energy behind it. In the beginning. In the beginning. It's kind of like online attendance, yeah, online yeah. viewership at churches <laughs> skyrocketed. Everybody was excited. And then over time, it goes back to where yeah. it was. And then unfortunately, not only does it go back to where it was, but now we're carrying all the burden mm. of, of a year and a half for some people, yeah. two years of isolation. Um, and so unfortunately, we're starting to see some of these numbers rise. We're starting to see these impacts taking off. There's a psychologist that I listened to, Jordan Peterson, and he mm -hmm. was saying that um, he was saying that we are just beginning to scratch the surface of some of the effects of the last couple of years, yep. especially when it comes to emotional health. It, 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 yeah, and, and I'm seeing that in, in the stuff that I'm doing and talking to people that are, are experts in the, in the field, and that's what they're seeing too. Yeah. When you, when you arrive at a scene and someone's just committed suicide uh, or you know, you're supporting someone who's lapsed uh, in their recovery uh, or, you know, you're, you're dealing with someone who's, who's now, they've had a loved one that left and they're now experiencing great depression yeah. and, or anxiety because now I got to take care of the kids and uh, all these different facets. What, what are some of the first things that you guys do uh, when you show up on a scene or when someone has, you know, had an issue? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the first things that we do is just being there. I mean, it's amazing how presence can can have such an impact. Yeah. When you think of being isolated, think of somebody being alone. How how do you change that? You show up. Yeah. And so one of the things that that is super powerful is is literally us just showing up. Um, and sometimes the people there are hysterical. Sometimes they're quiet and don't want to talk. Mm. Um, but one of the things that always comes out as, as time goes on is thank, thank you, you for, for being, being here. There. Yeah. Thank you for being there for us. I know I didn't say anything or I'm sorry I was, I was rude or I was nasty or I was angry, <clears throat> but it's thank you for being there. And so I, I think one of the most practical things is just stepping into people's lives. Yeah. I, I just want to say to everyone watching and listening, Please do, on, do not underestimate the power of your presence, the power of just being available, just showing up. Yep. It is the most loving, caring thing that we can do to just be available. And we, we may not have the right words to say. And sometimes there, there is no words to say other than I'm here yeah. and my arms are open. Um, so in a crisis moment, Hey, be there. Yeah. Um, what about just kind of on a regular monotonous day, yeah. if you will? How do we how do we support those or recognize, you know, my spouse has this going on, or my best friend's got this going on, or uh, you know, or or I've got this going on. How do we support each other and and speak to one another? Yeah, <clears throat> communication, talking with one another. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, especially if you know someone is struggling with checking in, yeah. checking in on them, you know, reaching out to them, you know, hey, how's today going? How are things going? You know, what's going on? Um, definitely creating that relationship where that person feels safe with you. Yeah. You know, they trust you. Like you're not there because you think they're crazy. You're there because you love them. It's not inappropriate <clears throat> to say to so-and-so, hey, I'm concerned that there are there are signs of depression in your life, or I, I'm concerned that the anxiety you're experiencing is overwhelming, or I'm concerned that you're acting out and you're crying. It's not inappropriate to bring that to someone. 
<clears throat> you know, people will take things differently and you may have somebody that may respond in, in anger or, or in denial of it um, because they don't want the secret out. Mm. But I think the more we genuinely create community, mm. which is what, one of the things I love about the block church is, is creating that community and those neighborhoods, you create that relationship. And so there's trust there. And so when you care about somebody and they know you care about them, mm -hmm. they're more likely to be receptive mm -hmm. to that challenge. Um, when somebody doesn't know you, somebody walks up to you and like starts blowing up your spot and just coming out with, hey, are you struggling with right, this or that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, don't talk to me. Yeah. So I think it becomes really important to create relationship and create connections that way where people, I know you care about me. And I know if you reach out to me and you challenge me on something, it's not because you're trying to gloat. It's not, it's because you really genuinely care. Yeah. Um, and that matters. I mean, there's a there's a way to bring forth an issue without shaming somebody. Yes. And um, I think that's kind of what we're trying to do. Obviously, we've talked a lot about therapy and uh, counseling and all of that's important. But is there another aspect that could maybe even be as significant for people? <clears throat> yeah. One of the biggest for me was was uh, joining a support group. It was I mean it was it was a challenge <laughs> to join a support. Going to an event was one thing. Um, and at that event, I found out that they had support groups and uh, there was one in our area. And so I decided to go and it was a struggle. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I struggled to- Just from a pride perspective? Just, I struggled to get out of bed that day. Oh, I see. Because it was, it was knowing what I was going to face. I was going to sit in a room with people that I didn't, didn't know. I thought I didn't know. Yeah. Some of them I ended up knowing, but yeah. sit in a room and just be real. Mm -hmm. Just open up and just tell them what I was going through. And that was like- you don't do that. What do the support <laughs> groups do? Because support groups are for people who are experiencing particular issues yep. and also um, those who might be left behind from those who have committed suicide yeah. from those issues. Or, or maybe they, they've got someone in their life that is struggling with or, that and they don't know who, yeah, they don't know who to talk to for them. Yeah. Um, what it does is it puts you in a room with people who are in the same place um, or have been in the same place. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing because you know, now I've been in this group for a while and, and for a season I stopped going and I've recently gone back because mm -hmm. I found I needed again. Mm. And the last time I went, there was a, a, a woman who had lost her, her son just a few months ago. Mm. And then there was someone in there that lost their mom mm. like 12 years ago. Mm. So there's this whole, you know, this whole gamut of people who've in different stages. And it's amazing when you can talk to somebody and they say, I was there. That's good. Um, you know, I want to bring up uh, another issue that can be challenging. You know, we have liberties in Christianity. Yeah. There's liberties, right? I mean, you know, uh, some people feel this way about drinking, you know, others feel this way about, you know, uh, going to certain movies or, I mean, you can go through a lot yeah. of issues. Is a way to support someone uh, that, may have an issue is just to be conscious of those things. Like, like if you know someone is in AA and, you know, would it be helpful to just be conscious of that or does that not matter? <clears throat> I think it does. I mean, I, you know, we have to be careful that, that you live your whole life almost in like paranoia, like I'm going to offend everybody or anybody in anything I do. Mm -hmm. but, but I think, again, it goes back to that community, bearing one another's burdens. If I know... If I know the true you yeah. and you know the true me, mm -hmm. other than accidents and, a, and a, a slip that might happen or I may just not be thinking of it that day, I'm going to be careful that way. So if I know you're struggling with, with, with alcohol, I'm not going to invite you 
to go to the bar, <laughs> right. you know, or to my house, hey, let's go have a beer. Like, and so I think the more we get to know each other, the more intimate we build relations and we build community. I mean, look, look at, you know, you look at the, the early church, how much time they spent together, yeah. how much they knew each other. And that, and that makes such a difference. Yeah. I love that. And, and that's who we want to be. Yeah. All right. So in closing, I, I hope that we've provided a, a, a starter yeah. for supporting those in your life with uh, mental health challenges or addiction or, uh, or you feel supported if, you know, you've lost someone through suicide. But we're just trying to get the conversation moving and going. Nate, I, I want to thank you for how vulnerable you've been. And I think it's just been a great conversation. This is a starting point. Can't cover it all right here, uh, but we can certainly carry it from here. Is there any maybe closing thoughts that you want to give us spiritually, practically before I uh, before we end? Yeah, so there's some spiritual takeaways that we can come away from this conversation, um, and that's to love your neighbor, even in their darkest times. Yeah. Um, the church is responsible to care for those in need, those that are struggling with mental health issues. That's part of our job, our calling, um, and that the ultimate answer to hopelessness is Christ. Amen. And then from a practical side, um, don't isolate yourself. You're struggling, speak out, speak out for yourself, but then also speak out for others that you know are hurting as well. Um, if someone is isolating and you can tell, don't feel like you're being a bother, go. I would rather bother them and yeah. be wrong than not bother them. It's good. And, and, and deal with what comes from that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, practical takeaways, create safe places. Places where people will talk and share their struggles. Open up your home, open up conversations, spend time with one another. Um, and then Christians need to focus on restoration rather than condemnation. So good. So good. Thank you. I, I so appreciate it, really. God bless you. You're welcome. Thank you. In your ministry. Let's pray uh, as we conclude. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would bless Nate, his church, his ministry, and Holy Spirit right now, anyone, who is experiencing heaviness, suicidal thoughts, great fear, depression, overwhelming anxiety. In Jesus' name, go to that place and bring your spirit to heal and bring peace like never before. We love you. We need you and strengthen those, all of us, to be great supports of encouragement and of victory to those experiencing those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.